Hey folks, welcome to a special bonus episode of the DC3 cast. I'm Brian. With me as always are Zach and Vince. So I don't even remember how this started, but we were talking about music as as we're wont to do, and we sorry, decided Jeremy. What was that? I just said sorry, Jeremy. We could be talking about Limp Bizkit. He doesn't know that. <laughs> I, I'm I get pretty close. <laughs> you were rolling at this time, Vince? <laughs> Maybe. Okay. So anyway, we were talking about music and we were trying to we were just sort of bullshitting amongst ourselves and we decided that we're going to do a new series. It's not going to be every week or anything, maybe once a month, probably even less frequently than that, which was um, that we are going to go through every year from 2003 onward and talk about the three albums that we were listening to most in that year. Now, a couple of caveats here. These are not albums from the year that we listen to a lot now. These are albums we were listening to a lot in the in the time in which they were released. Contemporaneously, uh, new albums we were listening to. We are we are not censoring ourselves for lameness. If <laughs> Definitely not. If there's something that was really lame, and I feel bad about this because. I am obviously the old man of the bunch. Like I was 21 at this time, so my tastes were not. At, like, if, if this was me at 16 or 14, God help me, it would have been really embarrassing. So I was 13. Yeah. So 14 that year. So. Yeah. So I, I think I'm going to come off smelling the, the the best at the end of this one. Um, <laughs> but but we'll see about that, I suppose. Um, and and then at the end of the show, we're going to talk about the albums from that year that that mean the most to us now um and so i i'm just gonna say this is my favorite year for music ever i think at least it's strong at least in my lifetime this is my favorite year for music yeah it's it's a great year when you when you look back on it i i definitely didn't realize that at the time <laughs> all right so the first thing we're gonna do on these episodes is we're gonna take a guess to see if we can pinpoint an album on the others list. Now we should not say if we got it or not. But we should we should give our guesses now, but then let the episode play out so that we're not revealing a pick ahead of time. Does that make sense? Sure. So I think that Vince is going to talk about Dashboard Confessionals, a Mark a Mission, a Brand a Scar. Okay. And I think Zach is going to talk about Get the Picture by Smash Mouth. <laughs> uh, you ready, Zach? You want to go first? I think Zach is going to talk about Dashboard Confessional. And I think Brian is going to talk about the Meadowlands. By who? By the Wrens. Just for, for the. I know who it's by, but for the listener. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I think Brian's going to talk about Electric Version by New Pornographers, and I think Vince is going to talk about AFI's Sing the Sorrow. <laughs> Best episode ever, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, Zach, as, as the baby of the bunch, why don't you go first with your first album? Uh, my first album is uh, the Lord of the Rings Return of the King soundtrack. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, excellent. That's not That's embarrassing a, at all. It's good. One, no, it? that was my good one. <laughs> yeah, that is your good one. That was my good one. I already tell it is. Talk to us about it. 
while I listened to it at night, every night before I went to bed, um, as soon as it came out, which it did come out later in the year, uh, with that film, um, I very, very much loved the Annie Lennox Into the West, um, and also, also Billy Boyd's, um, rendition of whatever, what was the name of that song that he sang? I can't remember it off the top of my head, but you know, it's the one where, uh, uh, John Noble is yeah. mushing on that tomato and it's dripping all over his face and it's real good. Um, yeah, I listen to that album a lot. <laughs> is it something that you ever revisit now? It is. I listen to Into the West, you know, every once in a while, um, especially like when I'm in a Lord of the Rings kick. Um, but I, I do... Yeah, I will like throw on just, you know, general like Lord of the Rings soundtrack when I'm working every once in a while, just for fun. Those movies are very special to me. Um, but yeah, one of, so like that was, I had like bought CDs. I think the reason we started in 2003 was because that was the year that I said, yes, I began picking out my own music at that point, as opposed to just like listening to whatever was top 40 or whatever my parents put on the radio, which what I was listening to was still a lot of top 40, but that was when I like was kind of actively interested in buying CDs. I had like a uh, five disc CD changer stereo thing in my bedroom. And so I was like obsessed with buying CDs to put in the CD changer and like programming it to jump to different tracks on different CDs. Um, I probably could have, I, I toyed around with the idea of picking a specific now that's what I call music <laughs> compilation because that was a lot of what I was doing at that time too was just like buying because that was like how I found out about music at that point really because I still didn't have like great internet access and to, so to like find out any other music than what was gonna what was on the radio or what what was gonna be coming out I would just buy now CDs. <laughs> So that's kind of where I was. But my first pick is the Return of the King soundtrack. Vince, you're up next. Okay, all right. I, oh, man. Okay, I'm going to sandwich this with the two good albums and then and, and put the really embarrassing one in the middle so that I I don't send people uh, fleeing from our podcast. Okay. Um, all right, my first pick is uh, Streetlight Manifestos, Everything Goes Numb. Um. I had some friends that were really into like pop punk and ska. You and, and I were just talking about this album like a week and a half ago. We were just talking about <laughs> this, yes, yeah. And I have I have some really vivid, really fond memories of my last couple of years of high school when I could drive, driving around to this album and other ska albums too, um, mostly third wave stuff. Mostly the very the more like poppy, uh, or you know bordering on like emo pop punk mm-hmm. ska mix, you know. Um, <laughs> but I I was the only one of my friends who liked this album, and I think it was because um, Streetlight Manifesto songs have a sort of like literary bend to them. I think, and uh, they can they can come off as kind of pretentious or um uh like 
dorm room poetry or something like that. You know, it's like sure. There's there's a very there's a very uh, you know specific um, uh, archetype that that hits. I think, and that was me late in high school, and and I felt like the cool kid for being the only one who liked this particular type of ska. Um, so I bumped that one in my car constantly and I don't listen to it very much today, but I still think like other than, you know, what I just said about it being kind of like faux, uh, literary philosopher (laughs) kind of thing. Um, I think it probably still holds up. Um, I'm definitely not ashamed to have mentioned it (laughs) here. Like I will be for my next album. (laughs) Um, yeah. Um, all right, I'll start with my most embarrassing pick. And I and I don't think it's particularly embarrassing, to be honest with you. But it's a it's like a punchline in some ways. Uh I don't think it's a deserved one, but it is the soul album by the band Zwan, which is called Mary Star of the Sea. This was Billy Corgan's post Smashing Pumpkins band, which was him and Jimmy Chamberlain from the Pumpkins, along with um Paz Chantin, who was from A Perfect Circle and is now in the Pixies, and uh, Matt Sweeney from Chavez, and David Pajo from Slint. So it was kind of like his his version of an indie rock band. It's also when he went through like a, a, a very brief Jesus-y period. So there's a lot of songs about like prayer, and you know it's named after one of the titles for Mary, Mother of God. And, uh, you know, so it's it's like a, it's a weird mix of, like, spirituality and arena rock, but with some, like, weird indie underpinnings to it. And I thought it was, like, the best Pumpkins album since Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness. I thought I was really excited about Billy Corgan coming back to, to relevance, and it went over like a fart in church. Nobody cared about this album at all. It did nothing. They broke up shortly thereafter. No one talks about it. It's out of print now. Um and uh, this was like the end of me, with the exception of Weezer, this is the exception of me wanting bands I used to like to get good again. <laughs> like this was this was the realization like, oh, well, they, they got good. No one cared. So I guess I don't care anymore either. And uh, but like this came out in the fall, sorry, in the spring of, uh, of 2003. And right around that time, my then-girlfriend, now-wife, was graduating from college. And so I remember going to Baltimore to visit her a few times from Pittsburgh, where I was living, and listening to this like on the way there. This is very much the soundtrack to that, to that time for me. Um, so yeah, that's my first album, Zwan, Mary, Star of the Sea. Zwan's good, man. I, it's a good I album. Like that. Yeah, I think it's a really good album. I'll stand by that today. Um I tried to contact all of the members of Zwan for an article like 10 years ago about the album mm-hmm. when, I, when I was doing more sort of music uh, hobby journalism. And two people said to me, like, sorry, we signed non-disclosure agreements. I'd love to talk to you, but I can't. Oh, man. So, <laughs> okay. Yeah. So we, we may never know the true story of Zwan. Uh, Zach, I am very mad at myself. I think I have... In my mind, identified an album you have, but I've already made my picks. I'm not going to say it. So what is your second album? Well, it's really, really bad, and I don't think that it's the one that Vince is going to pick. I really don't think it is. I just don't. If Vince liked this album (laughs) at the age that he was. It's not. It's not. It it can't can't be. It can't be. 
it can't be. So I feel like I should. I was saving it for the end, but if Vince was going to pick it, I was like, oh, maybe I should put it out there. But I don't think you will. So I'm going to save it for the last one because it's just so bad. Um, but it's probably the album that I maybe listened to the most that year. Um, but it's close with this second album, which I've talked about on the show before. So this one's not really a surprise. Um, Linkin Park's Meteora. That was on my short list for things you might pick. <laughs> yeah, I picked that. It was I was, see, and I, I, I was too down on that album to li- have listened to it very much. <laughs> well, see, so I, it was my first one. I was kind of like a little too young to listen to Hybrid Theory. I like went back to it after, but like this was my first Linkin Park album. Um, and I feel like, like they, it was also like more accessible. They got th- it was the one that like played on the radio a lot more, you know, in the end and uh numb played all the time um and uh yeah i don't know this was like i was never like a goth kid even though a lot of my friends were i think i was like had this like idea that i had to be very like straight laced and clean cut because like my dad was the principal at my high school and i like was in a very religious family and I had like an image that I had to uphold. But like at the same time I was like listening to this kind of music and had this idea of myself in my head. I think that was more like I'm goth on the inside. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, Like I always like, I would really like to paint my fingernails, but I can't, you know what I mean? Um, that's kind of where I was then. And this, like, I was like, yeah, I feel this. I feel this. Um, so yeah, I listened to that album a lot. And interestingly, this album is like also special to me in retrospect, um, because I didn't listen to hip hop for all of those same reasons. And also like, I grew up in a very like 99.9% white world Mm -hmm. and kind of had this idea of like hip-hop as this like other thing or this like lesser thing or this thing that is you know not good but like i think i've i would say that i've always and maybe it's like because of this album plus some other stuff that i guess i listened to when i was younger but like this album kind of like created an appreciation for me for like that style for like rap and hip hop, because there's a lot of that in this album, um, that I would later realize that I appreciated when I grew up and like listened to other things. So, uh, yeah, so there's that. All right. I, uh, I never went through a Linkin Park phase. Well, that's fine. I'm not judging it. I'm just saying that that was you know that fell outside of my. It was it, it was a small window. Because after this, they released that. Uh, what was it? What was the album after this? The. Mm, I want to say minutes to midnight. Yeah, which that was sounds like, right. Which was like a generic like pop rock album. That sounds right. Yeah. This was their last good album. To me. I'll give you that. Yep. Hybrid hybrid theory slaps from beginning to end. I I agree. 
but I'll again, I like <laughs> I had to come back to it because it was yeah. before my time. All right, Vincey, what's your number two? Oh God, okay, I can't believe I'm gonna do this. You guys are you're very kind, Zach. If you think that that uh, something as good as Lincoln Park would have been my my pick here because this no, has got to be the worst. this wasn't it no there's the worst one is coming later oh okay all right okay so uh, how do i lead up to this okay um i didn't want to bring this up but i would be lying if i said that this wasn't one of the three albums i listened to the most that year um i was a kid who listened to a lot of grunge throughout junior high in high school, uh, Pearl Jam to this day is still one of my favorites. Um, but a lot of the other bands, you know, Alice in Chains, um, Soundgarden, I enjoyed them back then. And uh, that transitioned, as it did for a lot of people and and uh, musicians themselves, into like the post-grunge new metal <laughs> area of rock uh, that kind of took off with you know bands like Nickelback is like the big mm-hmm. the big one um it's not Nickelback I'm not I'm not saying Nickelback <laughs> are you what why are you laughing <laughs> uh <laughs> do you know where I'm going with this no okay uh I'm really second... I'm really trying to narrow it down there's like four bands in my head but just just tell us, man. My second album is Stained 14 Shades of Grey. <laughs> it has indeed been a while, my friend. <laughs> um, so, for sure, at this time in my life, I thought, like, <laughs> this was some of the deepest shit to listen to. <laughs> and uh and listening to it now, of course, it's it's mostly pretty terrible. I I just listened to it the other night in preparation for this um podcast. It's an hour of my life. I'll never get back. <laughs> so far away is a great song. There's there's no this I, I never owned this album, but I listened to that song very much. So I I will be right beside you. I definitely cried in the episode that it played of Smallville. <laughs> oh my god, it is it's totally like CW core uh, music. <laughs> um, no, it's 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 pretty bad revisiting it. It's pretty angsty in like all the wrong ways. Like it's worse than emo music as far as that's concerned. Um, I will say that I, as I listened to it, I could recite probably 98% of the lyrics as I went along, even though I haven't listened to that album in gotta be 15 years since I've listened to that. And I, I basically knew every word, which was a deep, dark journey of the soul that I went on the other night. Um, all for all for your entertainment and pleasure. So I hope somebody appreciates this. Uh, I looked into what's going on with Stained these days. Um, what's going on with Aaron Lewis, the, the front man. Um, 
Big mega guy. <laughs> Not surprising. <laughs> no, apparently um, wears a mega hat for the last two years, like at every show. Um, he's a legal weed guy, though. So it's not all bad. Um, I'm guessing he fancies himself as some sort of libertarian on those grounds. Um, but also definitely a Blue Lives Matter, thin blue line guy. Big game hunters partnered with like ammo, a- ammo and guns. <laughs> it's, um, I went I went on a journey, you guys. He basically sounds like what... If Vince didn't go to college in the big city and didn't like get liberal ideas thrown at him, like what Vince might have become. <laughs> oh no, that's dark. That's not what happens at college. You're buying it. You're buying into the the, the Tucker Carlson. <laughs> I'm not going to remind you what your mother said about your college. <laughs> <laughs> How do you even remember that? Because I'll never forget. That was a fucking stinger on the show. That's why. (laughs) All right. Okay. All right. Can we move on? The less less said about this, the better. Yes, we can move on. (laughs) (sighs) This is just us huffing our own farts. Yep. Yep. Oh, for sure. If this podcast was ever, if there was any question that this was anything other than a vanity project, this, 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 that it's makes a, it clear. It's a vanity project from three guys who don't even like themselves that much. <laughs> to, be, to be fair, Vince, I expected worse than that. Really? Yes. Oh, man. Okay. I, I don't know what worse is than I, I expected it to be worse than that. that. That's an understandable listen for for a gent your age at that time. For a 16-year-old who is uh, very confused about a lot of oh, things. Yeah. I hope you guys will have mercy on me when we get to our third, <laughs> the third song. It, it can't be worse than this. Well, we'll get there. Okay. All right. <laughs> My second pick is Hail to the Thief by Radiohead. Um, this this album. Look rep- at your patrician taste, by the way, compared to the rest of us goofballs on this I was, show. I was twenty one. I know, I know, I know. Sorry to interrupt. Keep going. So what I was going to say is, um, this was like post Napster, but still very much in the. You can find anything on the internet if you look hard enough. Period. But before, like. That became something that even normies could do. So, like, the reason I'm saying that is, I, I was, it must have been like April of my senior year of, of my junior year of college, rather, and um, this album leaked before it, it it was officially released. And I went to a show of a local band that I kind of knew, and I was talking to the guys in the band afterwards, and I was like, hey, have you guys heard the new Radiohead album leaked? And they were both like, we don't know how to get that album. Can you please mail that to us? So I had to like burn a CD and mail it to these guys. They were like five years older than I was maybe, so they were just like not quite as computer savvy. And so um, it was a slightly different mix of the album, which I don't think it's all that different, but it was different enough that Radiohead like changed a few things here and there. But I remember like 
I I enjoyed Kid A, I enjoyed Amnesiac, but I kind of missed some of the guitar stuff that Radiohead had done. And as I've gotten older, I enjoy the more electronic Radiohead stuff now more than I did then necessarily. And so um, I feel like this album, because it had a lot of guitar on it, was very much a return to what I wanted Radiohead to be. And I just ate this shit up. I loved, loved, loved this album. And this summer, I saw them uh, play, and they were opened up for by the band that just missed my list, my last cut, uh, Stephen Malkmus and the Jicks, who released their Pig Lib album that year. And uh, one of the best live shows I've ever seen, those two bands put together. So, um, yeah, Hell to the Thief is my number two. Zach, you ready? Are you ready for my number three? I am. Okay, so I... To set the stage, you have to understand that as a 13-year-old boy in 2002 when Spider-Man was in theaters. Yes! <laughs> and it had this song in it that played everywhere, and it was it just it just spoke to me. And of course, that led me to the work of one of the two individuals who wrote that masterpiece of a film accompaniment, uh, one Mr. Chad Kroger. (laughs) (laughs) And so um, by the next year, I I find out that this band is uh, releasing a new album. And of course, I must pick it up because i've heard the lead single on the radio and it just it it sounds exactly like the lead single from the previous album that i also enjoyed um so i knew i would like it and that is nickelback's the long road yes (laughs) and i told you it was worse barely barely no it's worse i think it's considerably worse it's much worse it's so much worse it's like a nut hair's worse i can distinctly remember coming home after getting this album and listening to it while playing the star wars clone wars game on (laughs) nintendo gamecube Mm -hmm. um and if that's not a distillation of the early 2000s for me, I just don't know what is. That's it. That's about it right there. Um, I, I remember playing the level where Anakin kills a bunch of people in a force tank uh, while jamming out to Nickelback's uh, feeling way too damn good. And just, yes. just, yes. What kind of potty mouth was allowed in your house? I I don't know how I got away with it, honestly. Um, it's a like dark album, and it's not good. It also fantastically had a cover of Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting, and that was <laughs> yeah. the first time I'd ever heard that song. <laughs> <laughs> and you and you thought this is the best song in the album? Why is that? <laughs> No, it was really bad. It was a bad cover. It was one. Of my, it was at the like very end. It was a special edition thing. Um, I almost always skipped it. Um, it was a bad album, but I really liked it. Um, but even like, I I say I really liked it, but in the way that you know how like when you're that age and you're like growing up really fast and your taste can change like on at like the drop of a pin. I kind of feel like 
within like one year i was already like not even like i don't think this is good but almost sort of that but i was like this is a really gross album and like (laughs) i don't want to be associated with it by the time i was like 14 yes so no i I was i was 14 when i was listening to it so i'll say by the time i was like 15 I gotta ask you, did you revisit it for the show? I didn't. I did not listen to uh, it again. No, I. I just can't. Someday, I, 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 somehow. Yeah. Go to I Maine. can. I can hear almost like looking at the track titles. I can hear it, and I'm yeah. sure if I played it, I would like sing along to it. And I just don't want to subject myself to it. Right. Um, there's. I do. I will say there was a song on it, um, and I had to. I had to double check because I wasn't sure. I. I looked the the title of this song is figured you out and that song confused me very much um because the hold on let me just the opening line let me look up the lyrics to it because i just it i had no idea i i had in that way of like when you're young and you don't know what things are but you can kind of like you like concoct these like stories or have these ideas about what it's about. Mm-hmm. And to yes. this day, I still like, I still don't know. Like, like what was he talking about? Um, but the, like the opening lyrics of the song are, I like your pants around your feet. And I like the dirt that's on your knees. And I like the way that you say, please, while you're looking up at me, you're like my favorite damn disease. <laughs> oh my God. That's And worse. you were like, is this about Jesus? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I I felt really weird about it, even listening to it then. But it also, in that way, I was like it, it intrigued me because it was so uh, provocative or something. You, you were like, can they even say that? <laughs> I, was like, I was. I really was. I was like, I really, really was. Can I? Fun fact about that song: it was rated number one on Huffington Post Canada's <laughs> list of fifty worst Canadian songs ever. <laughs> <laughs> also chad kroger has major himbo energy <laughs> oh oh yeah but also he was he was married to avril lavigne so he, it's not he, all bad it's not all bad yeah. was that before or after she was with one of the guys from some 41 i think after okay i want to say man i if we had started in 2002 i would have picked that avril lavigne album no doubt hands down mm. That's good, though. Well. I mean, relatively. 2002 Zach was good then. Yeah. <laughs> 2003 Zach was very bad. He was listening <laughs> to that filth, getting him, giving him <laughs> impure thoughts. It did. It did. It really did. I, I have no idea. I was fully expecting at least one of your picks, Zach, to be like, Hillsong United or something like that. Like some, no, some... I never. I no. Let me tell you, I never listened to any contemporary Christian music because it had instruments, and those are the it, tools of the devil. Those are the tools of the devil. You don't. You don't praise God with instruments. Interesting. I I would have thought that at some point you would have you would have crossed into the CCM world. No, I mean the closest I ever came was like Reliant K. Okay. Mm. And I did hit a. I had a very late stage for like a. When I say like late stage, like. 2018? <laughs> no, no. Like I was like 17, maybe. Okay. Um, but. 
Yeah, no, I never, I never, I have never, okay, I say never. There was, like, a six-month span when I was, like, 15 where my parents did think it was okay to listen to uh, the, the like, local contemporary the Christian uh, radio station on our, like, 20-minute commute to church. K-Love uh, or whatever. Yeah, K-Love or whatever. And, they're, like, for a minute, yeah, there was that, but never, never uh you know anything significant so i i feel like somewhere down the line you and i have to do like a zach and brian talk about uh not the watchman but like our various religious experiences as high school students would love it (laughs) they're gonna be so different and really interesting that's we got to do it yeah vince you're more than welcome to come around but i can't i can't believe you'd be interested in our bullshit so yeah well um. Anyway, uh, Vince, what's your last pick? My last pick is one that that actually endures today, so I'm not ashamed of it. Um, I, I think it's gonna be the same as my third pick, by the way. Uh, the Strokes, Room on Fire. No, no. Okay. No. Okay. Um. So this one, this is like a, a rare beacon of good taste for me as a 16 year old. I had a buddy, one of my best friends. Um, who was really into the Strokes' uh, first album, Is This It? And he introduced that to me. And we used to play ping pong in my basement, and we would listen to that album every time, just over and over again. So it was the this is the first album that by like a legitimate band that wasn't, that wasn't, again, like now that's what I call music, you know, compilation or something like that an album I was actually looking forward to. Like I figured out when it was coming out and he and I were going to go to target together and buy it that day, the day it came out after school. And we did. And it's just like, I think there's a couple songs on is this it that are just like untouchable as far as the strokes go. But apart from that, I, I think it's almost as good as their first album. And I think they're like two, two albums side by side that, that hold up pretty well. And, you know, probably not so much the rest of their albums, although I I have a fondness for a lot of that stuff. But, um, again, this is another one that I just rode around in my car listening to constantly, um, on the way to school every morning with my buddies, you know, like this, this was, this was like the awakening of good taste and it didn't it didn't really like break through for me till a couple till like college a couple years later but um but this is where that all started so I'm still I'm still happy with this one. <laughs> okay. I thought for sure you were going to have the one that I picked. I actually I almost left this one off of my list thinking, "Oh, Vince is going to talk about this album." And then we would have doubled up, and I could have talked about something else. But when I was thinking about it, I feel like this album made the biggest impact on me as like a twenty slash twenty one year old for really weird reasons, actually. And that is the Postal Service give up. Mm-hmm. That, um, I would I would have come to that one a couple years later. Okay, so yeah. this like I was aware of Death Cab for Cutie before this but i did not have any death cab albums i certainly did not know like didn't tell at all like i was not super familiar and i was also not really into any electronic music at this point like i said radiohead's electronics twinge stuff was like maybe 
the closest I got to anything electronic. So I don't know what it was about this album that like spoke to me initially. I remember my friend Dan, who went to high school with, emailing me the day or two after I heard this. and was like, have you heard the Postal Service album? And we had both heard it at the same time, but like, it just kind of blew up both of our minds. And this was, I heard it when I was like 20, about to turn 21. And um, I feel like it was just... It just hit me in the exact right, like, I was in a long-distance relationship, and there was a lot of stuff on the album that felt, like, very much, like, it, it was very much an album for, like, Such Great Heights is such a love song, right? It's such, like, an, an, un, an unvarnished, unhidden love, like, so much, so, many stuff, so much stuff I listened to, like, would never come out and be that much of a love song, but this was, like, a very clear, like, romantic love song, and, um... It impacted me so much, like, I was, because of course I was, I was writing a film script at the time, and, like, I made sure to include the Postal Service in the film script. Like, I was, there was a song, there was a scene set to the district who sleeps alone tonight. Like, that was very important to my shitty taste at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you and everybody else that was writing yes, a script. Yes, me and Zach Braff, essentially, but Zach Braff yeah. got to it first. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it comes down to. Um, you know, <laughs> but... It was, um, it's just, when I listen to it now, it's the album on this list that I probably listen to, that when I listen to it, it brings me back to being that age more than the other two. This is just such an, a 20-year-old Brian album for me. Um, and I haven't listened to it in a long time, actually, all the way through. But occasionally I'll, I'll hear a song out in the wild. And, like, Such Great Heights got so overplayed. It was, it was everywhere. Yet I was in target like maybe the week before the pandemic started and i was and this song came on and i like stopped my shopping cart to listen to it for a minute because it's still really good it's still a really really well put together song even though i've heard it a million times um Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah so that's my third pick the postal service give up yeah that's that's fantastic i feel like you know a couple years later i would go to college I'd get introduced to all this, like, incredible indie music, the sort of stuff that I'm into now. Mm -hmm. And that was a big one for me because when I hear that one, when I hear, like, that particular style of electronic music mixed with the lyrical content and everything, that takes me back to moving from some small-ass town to Minneapolis to go to school and like that album just screams like the city at night to me. And that's something I'll never be able to, to disassociate from it. You know, like the the first few times I listened to it and then like walking on the bridge home from class or whatever, and the sun was going down and the city's in the background and you know, it's yeah, it's pressed on my soul at this point. Yeah. That that is one of the albums that I would pick as that that's one that I still listen to now. Um, when I like was in college or late high school college and was like getting into vinyl for the first time, like that was one of the first albums I bought. And I was never a I never was and never have been a Death Cab guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I tried to at one point. Um, and it just didn't take, but yeah, like Postal Service, very very good mm-hmm. to me still. Um, 
I'm pretty much a one album Death Cab guy, and that's Transit Transatlanticism, which is from the same album, same year rather. Mm. Same year, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I saw them on that tour. Nice. Um, so I found the Now album that I listened to the most that year. Uh, okay. It was Now. That's what I call Music Volume Thirteen. Yes. Can, can Can you just run down the track list on that for us? Yeah. So I mean, it's really long. I'm gonna like pick out some of the highlights of the ones that I listened to the most. Um, if you're not the one by Daniel Bedingfield, um, <laughs> Counting Crows and Vanessa Vanessa Carlton's cover of Big Yellow Taxi. I fucking um, hate that cover so much. Yes. Um, Girl, all the bad guys want by Bowling for Soup. Yep. Oh, um, oh yeah. <laughs> you know the guy from Bowling for Soup died. In the- <laughs> no, no. Wait, what no. happened? No, that's a. Uh, I think it was uh, Dog Boner on Twitter got. <laughs> got blocked by the guy from Bowling for Soup saying that he died in a Murphy oh. bed. <laughs> um, a, few, a few more. Uh, in this diary, the Ataris. Uh, yes. Some 41's The Hell Song. Um, Chevelle's In the Pain Below. Oh, um, okay. And then it closed out with uh, Coldplay's Clocks. Uh, so I, I, I did like Coldplay then. Nice. But I think I think uh, Rush oh, I think Rush of the Blood Rush of Blood to the Head came out in 02, which is why I didn't or maybe it came out in 03, but I didn't own the album, so that's No, why it came out in 02. That's an O two album for sure. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, um, that's that's some golden stuff right there. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So Zach, I gotta give you credit before we move on. I gotta sure. give you credit because Sing the Sorrow just missed my top three. But that would have been really that was cool. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I just saw it and I thought, yeah. Yeah. See, I didn't come to AFI until like, what was their album after Sing the Sorrow? No idea. I don't know either. I feel like it was the next one. Yeah. See, look, whatever, back... whatever had Miss Murder on it. <laughs> I thought Smash Mouth was was like wholesome enough for your parents to approve, which is why I went with that album. But I should have gone with Poodle Hat by Weird Al. <laughs> Fun fact, I actually didn't get into Weird Al until like maybe a year after that. Um, maybe like 04 okay. it would have been, I guess. Actually, you know what? It might have been. It might have actually been 03. It was 03 or 04. I bought, I think I've told you this, the um, the DVD of all the music videos. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that was how I got into Weird Al. Um, but now, um, all right, so let's go th- and then, um, let's go through, I guess, the albums that we look back on now as like the most important albums of the year. Mm-hmm. So, uh, sure. Vince, you want to start with that, Vince? Sure, yeah. Well, uh, so Room on Fire still still makes the grade and also you mentioned give up and and i would have that too i would have transatlanticism uh by death cab i would have shoots too narrow by the shins Mm -hmm. on there too um sufjan's michigan uh was that is that five um the and the earth is not a cold dead place by explosion in the sky okay you can list as many as you want uh and speaker box and the love below Mm -hmm. by outcast and that's it that's all i'll do Zach? Yeah. Um, Out, Outcast is a good. That's, so that's so interesting. Like, I never owned an Outcast album as a kid. 
but I loved like everything that came on the radio from that album. Mm. Um, there was a lot. And there was a lot. Yeah. Like that, a lot of that album made it onto the radio. So I listened to it a lot. Um, but I, it's so weird. Like, yeah, the music of that area era, I was so much just like listening to singles only. So I, I would, I would pick that album. Uh, we talked about postal service, um, blink 182 self-titled is still yes. really important to me for that era. Um, electric version even though it's not like my favorite new pornographers album it i really liked it like when i was getting into them Uh, um Mm. in fact i I would say like i got introduced at challengers and then and the next one i listened to the most was electric version um and then uh fallout boys take this to your grave came out this year that year um and while (laughs) it's like very problematic to go back and listen to that um the last time i listened to it um maddie told me that i should stop listening to it because it's too misogynistic and she's probably right um but that was like a very important album for me like two years later i think yeah like 2005 i was listening to that album a ton yeah all right, so um, of, you know, Zach and Vince already mentioned Outcast, Speaker Box of Love Below. Uh, Vince mentioned Sufjan Stevens, Michigan. We know Zach doesn't like Michigan because he's a fucking idiot. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't like it. It's his worst album. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, so mad right now. I miss that meme of Arthur's fist is being right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> The, the, uh, does it bother you that I that I mentioned Blink One Eighty Two but not Michigan? <laughs> no, I'm over it. Um, the does three, it bother you that I mentioned Paula? <laughs> yes, that one does Michigan. bother me. Yes, uh, <laughs> the three albums that I listened to a ton that just missed the cut were uh, Ted Leo and the Pharmacists, Hearts of Oak, uh, Frank Black and the Catholics, Show Me Your Tears. And Stephen Malcolmus and the Jicks Piglib. I'm just now realizing all three of those guys were formerly in other bands, and this was their solo project. After I did not intend to group those three together that way, but that's that's the way it is. What? What's that? Oh, no, you just. I gotta check something. Keep going. Okay. Um, the three albums that I think are the best albums from that year, looking back now, are the Meadowlands by the Wrens, Reconstruction Site by the Weaker Thans, and. Uh, it's either Michigan by Sufjan Stevens or Electric Version by New Pornographers. Those those albums are huge. But all the, I got into all those albums in 2003. But I listened to all of them more in 2004. Uh, those were like late in the year listens for me, and so I was listening to those more the next year. And just a few more: uh, Quebec by Ween, their divorce album; Who Will Cut Our Hair When We're Gone by the Unicorns. And Loose Fur's self-titled album, that is a Wilco side project. Um, yeah. Best you, year in music you in my made, lifetime. You made me remember one that I forgot because it wasn't on Wikipedia's list of mu- albums that came out in 2003, even though it did come out in 2003. Which is what? Uh, uh, Team Boo by Mates of State. That's a great oh, album. Oh, yeah. yeah. Very, very, probably my, maybe my second favorite album by then actually mm. i i it's saw them that year and it was fucking great it's really good yeah. really good album love that album a lot along the along uh these lines i saw them either open up for death cab or 
Postal Service. I can't remember which. Oh, really? <laughs> but, but it was one of them, yeah. Did you go to the, Yeah. That must have been the Postal Service, like, 10 years. The reunion tour, yeah. yeah. I didn't yeah. go to that because they were playing, like, an arena here, and it was insanely expensive. Sure. And I just felt that like it wasn't going to be worth it. Was it great, though? It was great, yeah. 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 It was. Jenny Lewis I, was there. Oh. Yeah. I, yeah. I saw them when uh, much later um, when they were touring for um, – for mountaintops um i saw them on halloween and the generationals opened i think which was when they had they were like big that year they had just come out with that one song i don't know and they were all dressed up like animals which was fun but (laughs) yeah it was it was very fun uh after the show it was like a very small venue very personal they like sat around and talked to everybody after the end of the show and i went up to them and asked them uh what the blue and gold print was from rearrange us and they told me um and it was very special and then they signed they signed every album that they owned that they because i bought all of them and they signed every one of them that's very nice i'm trying to look up now so there used to be this thing in new york called the cmj marathon the CMJ is a college music journal, and uh, so they would take over New York City for, like, I guess it was four days, and every club in New York would host this marathon. So if you had a badge, you worked for college radio, you'd go to all these shows for free. And so I went two years in a row and saw, like, a million bands, that, and what I saw Mates of State there. But I'm trying to see, it was like a showcase show for their label, which I believe was Polyvinyl Records? Maybe? Uh... It may have been then. Later on, they were on Barsuke. Barsuke. I think it was Polyvinyl at the time. Um, but I'm trying yeah, to see. Yeah, they, they were on Polyvinyl when Team Boo came out. I'm yeah. trying to see who else was on that show. It was probably like an amazing lineup of bands that at the time I was not all that aware of, you know? Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. Oh, that was such good. It's a good, it's a good call. Par- Parachutes like still makes me cry every time I listen to it, the mm-hmm. funeral song. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was listening to um, Reconstruction Site by the Weaker Thans today, which is, I think, like a maybe a top five album for me all time, and that's 2003 album. And uh, more than once, I got choked up during it, and my wife was just like making fun of me for it. Essentially, <laughs> that music makes me cry so easily. But it's who I am, damn it! <laughs> oh, also, uh, Hillary Duff's Metamorphosis came out that year. <laughs> <laughs> okay i can't go with you there <sighs> i remember listening to uh coming clean and playing pokemon crystal those two things go together nice all right boys this was fun it's been this nice this was to- fun I'm sure our listeners are going to love it. I think 2004 is going to be worse for me than 2003, honestly. Really? Yeah. I look. I did a quick cursory glance of 2004, and oh boy, it's grim. <laughs> I have not. I have not thought about 2004 yet. That's going to be interesting. I've already hit bottom. But then, when we get to 2005, oh, yeah. Yeah, 2004 is going to be okay for me, but it's going to be like extremely mainstream. 
but they, like not embarrassing somehow. I have a really funny story for 2004 that I'll save. It's not going to be one of my top three because I didn't listen to it very much, but it, it's very on. It's a very on-brand story. I'm excited to tell it. <laughs> when are we going to do this next episode? I don't care. Later. Next next month. We can do it next month. Sure. That works for me. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, I'm sure you're going to have lots of thoughts. That you're going to want to tweet at us with this episode. All three of us are collectively at DC3Cast. I am at Brian Internet. Zach, where are you? I am at Wilker Fox. If you need to find Vince, he is... Um, I don't want to say it's a shrine, but he's building his little Aaron Lewis memorial <laughs> in his Jesus. home. Uh, you know, remembering his, his glory days as a, <laughs> as a stained head. Thanks for listening, guys. Go listen to some of these albums, especially Zach's. <laughs> and, uh, Please do. <laughs> we'll Let me talk. know. Tell me what Figured You Out is about. <laughs> and we'll talk to you guys soon. Bye. I was a bit of a class clown at that point and liked to do the Numa Numa dance. <laughs> I can see that with your long arms. Yeah. I can see that. <laughs> you say it like he's a freak. I can no. see that with your long arms. I, long, long I, arms. I wish I had Zach's beautiful body. Don't we all? <laughs>